All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future, and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org chosen. My name is Bruce Reyes Chow, and this is BRC and Friends. Each episode, I chat with activists, artists, academics, and adventurers to discuss politics, faith, pop culture, technology, and as you will discover, pretty much everything else that pops into our heads. This is basically an excuse for me to hang out with friends and colleagues and riff about things that matter. Welcome to BRC and Friends. Today, I'm very excited. We are out in the wilderness of Palo Alto, so it's very dangerous. We may get attacked by lions at any moment. Um, we're or also Teslas. out, or Teslas, <laughs> wild Teslas. These mean streets. We're sitting out in the front of uh, Phil's uh, middle field in Palo Alto, which is kind of a joke. But anyway, um, and I'm here because Tahina and Rosella are here with me. Uh, many of you know them, uh, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we're just going to riff on a few things. We have about three topics we're going to talk about. We're each going to bring something to the table and just, um, yeah, just talk. So I'm excited. Thank you all for being here. Um, if you could just introduce yourself, give us what what should people know about you? Go, Rosella. Go. Go. Well, my name is Rosella Ide White. I am a life and leadership coach and consultant, and simply stated, focused on nurturing, life giving, and justice seeking love in the world. That's my elevator speech. Uh, <laughs> What's home? Home is <laughs> where the heart the home. is. Uh, no, so I'm a Texan. Home is Houston, Texas, currently. Um, that's where my family, my immediate family is, and um, I've spent lots of time in living in other places, but love California, love Northern California, love this area, and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Tina, tell us a little bit about you. I don't have a stump speech. I feel really ill-prepared. <laughs> um, all right, Tuhina Verma Rash. I am ordained in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Um, I actually currently serve at an African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church as the small group minister. Um, I want to be a writer. Uh, <laughs> you are oh a my, writer. Seriously, what is that? I'm also like living into my South Asianness right now, being like say. super self-deprecating. And we're shaming her for it, which is yeah. always what good friends do. Right. Um, only friends of color. Right. Only friends exactly. Of color. Yeah, this is not permission for this, any of you white a, people who are listening to this. Yeah, we're this a this. white person. We would be having this. Con- we would. We would be having a conversation. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out like I'm, try- I'm trying to still follow Jesus. And some days it's like, like today's a, today's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today's a hard day to follow Jesus, but I figure I'm still going to keep on trucking. Awesome. That's great. Uh, one quirky, <laughs> unique thing about you, it, so I've learned about you all, mm. just even in our conversations this week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's, what's one, because I think people know you all just probably from your social media presence and all those kind of things, right? So mm. what's one thing that you probably shared at some point but maybe not a lot of people would know like what's stretch out your humanity of kind of experience and things yeah so I would say there are two things so my inner circle and anyone that I grew up with knows I was a cheerleader yes. I mean a Texas cheerleader and a Texas <laughs> which is different than coach. any other cheerleaders uh, yeah I'm sure yes cheerleading in Texas is oh my god like in- Netflix cheer that's in Texas right yes it's at did Navarro you just say College. Texas she did you heard she did. I heard that too Texas <laughs> Shush, my South Carolina's coming out. And actually, if you have not watched Netflix Cheer, you need to get on that right away, and you'll learn much more about me. Well, and I asked you about this, so it is, it is, because some of these shows, when they do those things, right, they're not quite, like, they skew them a little bit, you said it's legit. I mean, it's legit. Okay. Like, the relationship between the coach and the, the athletes, the relationships between the athletes, the the hard work of, com- and especially competitive cheer, cheer. So that's a part about me. And then the other thing I would say is, again, my inner circle knows this, but I am a pop culture aficionado. Oh, like you want me on your trivia team if you're talking Dang. about actors, actresses, Dang. movies. That's not, there's no self-deprecation there. No, that's, no, no. There's no. all confidence. <laughs> all confidence. <laughs> I mean, I'm the person that remembers random facts. I can't remember what I did yesterday. 
I can't remember to turn off my car and take my keys when I get out the car, but I can remember the name of Angelina Jolie Pitt and Brad Pitt's children. Oh, that's deep. Yes. Shiloh. Yes. The other one. Um, Vivienne. Oh Vivian, God. Maddox, mm-hmm. Pax, oh, Maddox. Zahara. Well, I was thinking about like the children that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had together. Oh, so Shiloh, so like Vivian. pre, so like she had Maddox and Pax, Pax pre Pitt. But then they adopted Zahara. Yep. From Ethiopia. Okay, I feel like I've lost the show already. <laughs> so yes, in addition to being a theologian and a coach and a a writer, I also. Pop love culture. pop culture and will not be shamed for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. That's me. All right, David. What we I learned something about you today, but you can share. What's a unique tidbit about you that? Um, I love to do karaoke sober, and I actually have a whole theological playlist. Like so, Joan Osborne's um, "One of Us," mm-hmm. uh, Dishwalla's "Counting Blue Cars," Rosella just experienced me singing "Journey," "Don't yeah. Stop Believing" in the car, Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer," um, and so those are just like some of the '80s kind of like hair ballad mm. and early '90s stuff that are on my theological karaoke list. Um, and then of course the '80s, so we've got like a virgin. Like a prayer from Madonna, because those are classics. And then we've got Push It, because what was Mary doing when Jesus was born? Oh, push it. Push it real good. <laughs> this has now become a music and pop culture podcast. Welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I love to sing karaoke. Um, I just do, and I love to do it sober. Um, Does it change if you're not sober? I won't do it if I'm not sober. Oh. And usually it's the other way around for most people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she wants to be fully present and fully, fully. embodied as she's engaging the theological do you, work. Do you dress up? What do you mean? Ever dress like up? go in costume and go to go go to like special karaoke nights? I've never done that. Oh God, you're giving her an idea. I know. I'm like <laughs> like Madonna night, like something. I mean, like I feel like I could pull that off. But the I was pointy bra or the. Yeah, which, which oh, are, I'm thinking '85. Oh, okay. no, I'm lace not, and beads and yeah. So like, I'm thinking like early Madonna, like Lucky Star Madonna. Oh, that's that was classic. Yeah, but like, I'm not thinking like Vogue Madonna because like, look, I took a Vogue class once and like, I had never been in so much pain in my entire life. <laughs> I'm so curious about this, like wrist pain. Yeah, forearm like, it doesn't pain? seem like leg it's... pain. You oh, would be surprised. Because you're, yeah. Are you squatting a lot? Like yes. it doesn't seem very cardio. And the duck walk. Have you um, heard of the duck walk? Okay. Yeah. Oh, Lordy Lou. Um, I had never heard so you know, bad people, in my we'll life. You know, turn, we'll turn anything into exercise classes. Yes. Like, just everything turns into it. It's fascinating. But I think that's the beauty of it, because yeah. we're the only culture that pays so much to go <laughs> work out in boxes <laughs> with air conditioning. Like, we can, you know there's a whole place outside we can do. <laughs> well, and I think I'll like, even pay, I pay people to do circuits outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of working out, I think the other thing, but, you know, if you follow oh, me on Instagram, yes. you know that I actually train with a professional boxer. That's awesome. Um, I will not go in the ring, and my introduction to sparring was essentially screaming at my trainer, <laughs> stop hitting me, <laughs> which apparently does not stop people from hitting you, I've discovered. <laughs> I'm waiting for, to see someone on TV. It was a big fight. Person gets in, what, you're going to hit me? Stop hitting stop me. Stop hitting me. What are you doing? But you know, it was like in like, Rosella, you know my particular like high-pitched voice of like when I'm stressed and like really frustrated. Yes. I'm like, stop hitting me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So she took up boxing and then had a problem with being hit. (laughs) So it wasn't just boxing, like cardio, kickboxing. Fine. You you went into a boxing gym to learn how to, and you didn't want to be... I, yeah, I don't want to be hit. <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool. You okay. do you. I do. Yeah, you, that's right. That's right. All right, so we're going to take up some topics now, and we've all kind of listed our things. Mine. I'm going to go first to uh, have us riff a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm a, a Warren supporter, and uh, my wife is a Bernie supporter. So we're a split household, and to check in with each other all the time about who's giving money to who and mm. we're like all right so you're canceling each other out we are basically yeah effectively <laughs> and uh we're, we're pretty good we don't i i i have taken commitment 
to just talk about what my who my candidate why I want her mm-hmm. versus why everybody else isn't worthy right I'm, I'm really driven it's hard to do that um, especially with some folks I mean I was not a huge um, Yang fan at all and everybody assumed that I would be did they assume that because you're Asian yeah. okay I'm like you will not get a I will not put an effing math hat on my head as an Asian American but it doesn't like, mean math it means make America think harder Shut up. No, that's true. No, I know, I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, why don't you just get a South Asian up there with you for a spelling bee? <laughs> <laughs> I love this as the black person watching my Asian friends. <laughs> Could you imagine? What would the hat say? I don't even know what it says. Spell. It, it spells. Spell. <laughs> I don't know what it would stand for. Or, or would it be really long word that won the 1975? Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And I have friends who are like, doesn't that, like, doesn't that, and he uses melting pot language still, and like on his yeah. palms. Oh. Yeah. And anyway. And model minority Oh, shit. my God. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, can I swear? Yeah. Well, you did. Well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. That train has left the station. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that to go on a rant. No, yes, yes, you can. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so um, it was really hard not to, and, and I did, I, I talked about, like, would I pick on Yang more? than other candidates and mm. really had to control myself because as that just kind of white supremacy like going after like when you if you go after yeah. a woman more than you would go after yeah. anyone yep. else and so I internalized was, oppression too but it was like okay yeah. but I drives me crazy anyway I think it's like but multiple truths can exist in the same yeah. space Absolutely. at the same That's time true. it's like the things that Yang was like saying and doing were just like frustrating as all get out for somebody who's like not about the model minority yeah. and at the same time I firmly believe that representation matters yep. and so like seeing Yang in like seeing Yang in the race was like okay yeah some like all yeah. our faves are problematic that's right. the reality sure. of the right. situation and seeing like that he was really thoughtful about like the things that he was saying even though I didn't agree with a lot yeah. of them but yet he was still there doing the thing and doing it with integrity. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's, it, it was, he was probably just one of those that I would have had the hardest, one of the harder times voting for uh, down the gonna, road. I mean, we're vote blue no matter what. And, but I vote blue yeah, no, matter, yes. no matter who. And then, and I was, I was a cat, um, uh, Joaquin, or a Julian Castro person. Uh, oh, and that man, was, that's how I, I started out. Oh, yeah. And so I, was, I met him twice. Oh, my God. I'm sure he remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I can see you two like oh, yeah. uh, just, like running I, towards I, one another. I kind of feel like we'd be good friends. I just feel like. I mean, I feel like that about Beyonce. So we all have. So our we thoughts. all have our people. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so um, it's interesting. So I've I've just been recently been invited to be part of the Interfaith Council for Elizabeth Warren, and so we'll be able to be with her. And and it's it's been interesting though, folks kind of uh, coming at when they know you're standing for somebody and about why you're not supposed to be supporting the person. And then there was this poll taken by Emerson. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Last week, the, talk, the questions were basically, um, if your candidate does not get the nomination, mm. will you vote for whoever the Democratic candidate is? And then there was the percentages. So um, Elizabeth Warren's was had zero people who would um, who, who who would not vote for not not vote for anyone else, right? So all of her people would vote for the Democrat. Yes, yes. Forty five percent of Yang's people said they wouldn't vote for anyone else in the field. And that's a problem. And yeah, and then the next problem. one was Bernie, yeah. at, at like a twenty something percent. And then, but I I don't understand this. I I mean, it feels like there's this idolatry kind of fervor about some of the candidates that I don't understand that like you're still going to say to me any of the other candidates I mean I will if Bloomberg were going to get I would have a really really hard time but I would still vote for him right but I think there's also I mean we're not necessarily paying attention to operational values right mm. I think that there are those of us that are very much about the collective right, right. and so 
we're going to do what's in the best interest of the collective. Push come to shove, right? Right. And then there are those um, that, not that they are against the collective, but the collective is not the core value, right? I think about some of the young people that I know in my life, like younger adults, and it's not even a matter of what we do for the whole, it's what do I do or who is going to speak to the things that are most important to me. And if there isn't someone that's gonna do that, part of my free will, part of my ability to choose, part of my freedom of enter in speech, movement, ideology, is that I can choose not to do it. Yep. And so, I mean, I think that's kind of the flip side of our rampant individualism, and I think it's problematic. Yeah. Or you could also choose to vote independent. I mean, mm -hmm. that is the thing about voting, though. I yeah. think voting voting is not going to solve all of our problems. Sure. Um, and voting is harm reduction. And I believe that, like, I have to take part, an integral part, in harm reduction, which is why I firmly believe in voting and voting strategically. It's not, like, just, like, the personal what's-in-it-for-me vote, but right. it's also, like the like what is good for community and I think I feel like I feel like there's just been such a loss of that yeah and it's funny I I am I mean I get frustrated when people just choose to vote independent if they were voting for one of the party major candidate party folks even as I understand yes right, we have right, the right. right and there is something to be said about like not supporting mm. in our broken system right? right i would agree it's broken it's not ideal and i think that one of the conversations i'm interested in is how do we actually just change the whole system right. like why like why do we continue to let this two-party system this ridiculous system of caucusing this crazy notion of delegates why is that the rule of the land why can't we change that yeah because if we were like seven parties and people were forced into coalitions that's different than when an independent comes in and really skews the other two yeah. two votes. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I that's the pieces. Even the Democratic nominees are so broad in some ways, very similar to others. But I, if there were actual true choice, what would that do to the system? I mean, the, the, I would say one of the things I have heard is though if the system sucks and it never works for you, no matter who's in office. Then why do you care? Then why do I care? Right? Yeah. And and I and I'm like that's legit. I mean I. I'm, I, I'm not sure I can tell somebody, you know, you should still vote if it if it really doesn't matter who's going to. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I But I, I, I'd land in the place of just freaking vote. <laughs> well, and I think, I mean, for me, there is also just the historical notion of it, right? Yeah. And I know it's like the cliche emotional argument, yeah. but like, yeah. we, we couldn't vote. Yeah. yeah. Like, we didn't have that right. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, no, if nothing else, it's an honor and homage to my ancestors. Right? Now... Again, there are all these other things to be thinking about, but for me, that comes back to a value proposition that's steeped in the collective and the whole mm -hmm. and the long view or the through line of history. It's not just about this present moment. Right. And thinking about, like, my, thinking about my parents who couldn't vote because they weren't citizens. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's first election where she could vote mm. in a presidential election was 2008. Mm. Oh. And thinking about like the immense sense of pride <laughs> that she had Thank as an you. American citizen to cast her vote. Yeah. Because like she had lived in this country for so long and had never really, you know, she taught kids the Pledge of Allegiance. She taught kids the national anthem because she was a kindergarten teacher. But yet here's this woman who knew so much about like American history, mm. but was not not a citizen and was denied you know particular rights because her citizenship was still in India mm. and when she took the citizenship test like you know we would we'd work on it every night and she'd be like I know this and it's like and mom you would be amazed with how many people who were born yeah. in this country do oh, yeah. not I was gonna say your oh, yeah. mom probably knows way more, more than, yeah, than the... most citizens yeah. that were born here yeah and that's true of <laughs> a lot of migrants and immigrants see if I throw, I'll try to throw up a link there must be like practice citizenship tests out there. Oh to yes, see. Like, yes. I haven't even hard. looked at one in a long time to see. This is why Google exists. This is why Google exists. Well, I feel like it's been done on like the Tonight Show or something right, like ask, that. Yeah, where they, they ask, yeah, they on the street. Questions. Yeah, that's yeah. a pop culture reference. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of think of some now as we go along. <laughs> I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's thank you all. Um, <laughs> blue, no matter who. Uh, Tina, what do you want to talk about? Golden Calf 2020. Golden Calf 2020. Has Iowa been called yet? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
I was like, I thought we just went through New Hampshire. I was so confused for a second. I'm like, where are we? It's okay. The other day, somebody was like, well, with the Idaho primary, and I'm like, I don't Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> Iowa? Oh, yeah, yeah, that way. I'm like, okay. Well, the Iowa caucuses and then, like, the primaries, because caucusing is not a primary. That's true. Um, and so I've been working with Jason Chestnut um, on Golden Calf 2020 because we were realizing like, wow, there's a lot of anxiety that's tied up in the 2020 election. Um, the, well, just the United States election and then realizing that also in the year of 2020, there's like 16 bishops elections in the ELC. So give a little for those who uh, aren't in church land or even Lutheran land. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surrounded by two Lutherans. It's great because I usually out Presbyterian people. Um, give a little, give the, the nutshell kind of what do folks need to know in order to kind of follow along with what where you're headed? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question, Bruce. Uh, so, uh, all right. So the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, we have a national presiding bishop. And she is, um, so she's the presiding bishop. And so she is kind of like over, not like over, but like she's our national figure. And then we have 65 64 regional bishops and then there is one synod that doesn't really have a region um so 65 synodical bishops so those geographic areas are known as synods or the non-geographic region it's also called the synod and they all elect a bishop and so there's about one third of those synods that are having bishops elections okay um, in the year 2020. And they're about, do they about a third every year? Is that kind of like going to No, work? this is a huge turnover. Oh. We're in a season of massive turnover the last... Is it retirements? Yes. No, okay. Retirements. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Or, or just opting to not run again. Okay. And so that also leaves me with questions of... So there are some bishops who are retiring, but there are some bishops who are not opting to run. And some are self-aware enough to be like... I am like the X number old white cishet male to be in this position and I'm stepping down in hopes that another person will will seek this call um, who doesn't look like me. Right. But also I think like some people are leaving because the office is so broken. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they're just kind of like, well, I'm out of here. I'm done. Yep. Peace out, y'all. Deuces. <laughs> are they really saying deuces? I don't think they're saying deuces. <laughs> and I think it's problematic because now there there is a, a, a crap ton yeah. of issues and unresolved yeah. things that new leaders have, have to, to deal fix. with yeah. Yeah. and have to fix. Yeah. And also, because of this mass exodus, it's like we're also seeing like leaders who are different that have not like been like the previous bishops. And so we're seeing... We're seeing an increased diversity in bishops within the Conference of Bishops in the ELCA. And it has to come with the realization of, like, they are being handed a very broken system. And so part of Golden Calf 2020 is looking at, part of it is, like, looking at the political situation within the United States. But for, like, ELCA Lutherans, it's also asking us about our polity. It's asking us about who is bishop. It's asking us about, like, who has power within our geographic territories and, like, who has voice and who has representation within our denomination. And we really want people to engage with one another in community. So this is why Jason and I started the hashtag for um, Golden Calf 2020. Because also there was Golden Rule 2020 about, like, we need to bring civility back into politics. And it's like, as a person of color, I do not need another white person to tell me about being civil. Because um, I've been civil. And I'm tired. And it's really hard to be civil when somebody's got their when that somebody's got their boot on your neck. I think civility is a tool of empire, though. T- it's also. a tool of oppression. Yeah, yeah. It's a tool of oppression. And so, part of uh, Golden Calf 2020 is to push back on Golden Rule 2020. It's to it's it's to call the church into account. It's to call faith communities into account that have signed up for Golden Rule 2020 because I had one of my colleagues look over like who signed up to support Golden Rule 2020. And she's like, I'll tell you the problem with this list. Everybody on here is white and I have a hell of a, I have a hell of a problem with white evangelical people who will sign up with this and not even think twice about it because are there leaders of color on here? Yeah, Bishop Michael Curry of the Episcopal Church. But yet again, it's another mainline Protestant denomination that is predominantly white. Yeah. So, so what's the what's your then <clears throat> they're gonna go to the hashtag, what yeah. are we, what are we getting? 
Like, what's what's happening? What are we seeing? So, what's... so right now, because of um, all right, I am gonna swear. Um, so right now, because of the shit show of like what happened in Iowa, like realizing that like there's a lot of anxiety around the national election right now, mm. and what can we do to stay grounded and centered and not just like freak? Like, I think there is an opportunity to like feel what we're feeling of like fear of anxiety, but also like how do we stay centered? in prayer how do we keep focused on god and not the idols that are repeatedly presented to us and how do we do this in community and hold one another accountable mm, cool. so um we opened the day of the iowa caucuses in prayer and closed in prayer um but realizing like people have been responding to the prayers of like oh these are the prayer like i was feeling a lot of anxiety and these are the prayers that i feel like that are like really speaking to what i need in life right now um, yesterday for the New, New Hampshire primary, we, uh, Jason and I did a hashtag um, Bible study on Exodus 32. Uh, we'll have material coming out for Super Tuesday. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're, they're legit. You're like working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you want to donate to the cause, because oh, okay. this is all like passion right. project. Right. This it is, is passion project. We're not call. getting paid for so this. So I'll, I'll make sure that I link in all the all the all the things and so give yeah. well and follow the hashtag yep. like support um i think a lot of it right now is like even just like traffic on social media and so like engage unless you've been living under a rock you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever and we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us that's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. With us, like be in community with us. Um, and if you have questions, like, you know, I'm on, I'm on the internet. <laughs> she is. I've had people tell me, I have a hard time finding you. And I'm like, really? Did you really look that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Did you look in the yellow pages? Because, yes, that's true. I, my number pages? is no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the what? All you have to do is type your name. Type any like, of our names into a box. Like, there's, so there's, so many, there's so many Reyes hyphen chows in the world. Right? There's so many Just Timmy one. and Just one. There are a lot That's of right. Rosella Ide Whites. No. I was just going to say, that is yeah. interesting because if you were to Google any of our names, it we would, would be come us. up, yes. As opposed to other. Yes. That's fascinating. Oh. All right. Rosella, what do you want to talk about? You got a couple um, of things. Yeah, I want to talk about, so two things. So one is my book. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I feel like I'm in a season of relaunching my book. So my book, Love Big, The Power of Revolutionary Relationships to Heal the World, came out last May. And that was a shit show. Um, it came out the weekend that a dear friend and leader in this progressive movement, Rachel Held Evans, died. Oh, my goodness. Did right? it really? Oh, it I didn't came out like the, the Tuesday. She died that Saturday. It came out that Tuesday. And then May into June was just crazy. Um, and I kind of dropped out of life. So anything that I had planned around the book, anything that I had dreamed of happening, I just I couldn't do. Hmm. It was really hard to show up. And I, it was really hard to show up in a time of, both deep grief, and I wasn't the only one grieving. I sure. mean, so many were grieving, but also there was some things happening personally, and I just, I felt suffocated, right? And um, I am pretty open and honest about my reality of living with mental illness and depression and anxiety. And so last year was it was really hard, right? Um, and this moment that was supposed to be celebratory, right? I always talk to people about celebrating and embracing um, difficult things or embracing achievements with joy, I couldn't do. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of restarting that, relaunching that, even though the book is in the world, it's been doing great. Um, but I really wanted to provide folks with a different way 
to think about God, to think about love, to think about relationships in a way that was really steeped in restoration, hope, and wholeness. And so that's what the book is about. And it's not about romantic love. I mean, it's that's an aspect of love, but it's really about how we first fall in love with ourselves and then how we love others and then how we do the work of seeking out wholeness and wellness in our relationships because I believe that that can change the world. I am that naive. That's right. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, like, you know, last night's Bible study, we talked about love. And yes. It still about, works. No. Like, well, and I think it's like like what is really like agape love and like holding people accountable and being accountable to one another and like living into that. And it's like, yeah, I think Rosella, your book is like... A more excellent way. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's I mean... I talk about the Trinity, right? So this concept in Christianity of God in three persons, which a lot of us don't understand. And I always say, I'm not trying to prove it. I'm not someone who's an apologist. I don't really care about proving things. Um, I just, I'm fascinated by things, right? And so this notion of God embodied in three beings, and those three beings actually show us what love is, right? They show us that love is found where there is creativity, love is found where there's liberation, and love is found where there's sustenance for the mind, heart, body, and soul. And so inviting people to consider what that looks like and means in their life, and also the reality that love is always liberating. It's never oppressive. It's never um, steeped in control. And so it's just been a fun ride to invite people on that. And also to kind of do a bait and switch because everyone thinks the book is about romantic love or, or they think it's about connecting with others. And I'm uh, like, ha ha ha, we start with <laughs> connecting with yourself, bitches. <laughs> is that love, the tagline? Love yourself. Like, and yes. uh, where do we, if we don't want to go to the big uh, uh, Amazon world, can we, is there another place to yeah, to get? the book is available wherever books are sold. So even if it's not at your local okay. independent bookstore, you can always ask for it and they can ship it to you. Awesome. But Books A Million, um, half price books, you right. can also, if you just go on my website, rosellahwhite.com slash lovebig, you'll find it. We can get it from there. Okay. Yeah. I'll say, yeah. That's, we'll make sure that all gets put on the page. All right. And then you got one more thing. What do you want to say? Yeah. The other so, thing. so the Love Big was really an entry point for me into really helping people embody right this thing that we call love and love is not a feeling it's an action it's a way of showing up in the world and i get really frustrated i mean that's putting it lightly and enraged if that's if i'm being honest about the ways in which we idolize former justice leaders and justice seekers and makers um and we celebrate them once a year and then we kind of leave it at that place right and so this year i just was really paying attention to how we uplift MLK, Martin Luther King Jr., and this reality that we are more interested a lot of times in quoting the dream than living the dream. And so I've created a um, subscription-based community called Justice Drum Majors, and the goal is to actually gather folks together who are wanting to work out, right, this vision of beloved community, who are wanting to engage issues of injustice um, in a more embodied fashion, and who have resources as it relates to, okay, there are books, there's events, there's trainings, but are still struggling with figuring out how those resources take on legs in their life. And so because I'm a coach, I love coaching folks through those processes. And so it's a incredibly affordable, affordable community, like $7 a month for you to get So some, I, I'd sign up and yep. then it's a bunch of us who are all kind of itinerating in some form or trying to do this work. Yes. And we're learning from each other, you, and each month will be this year we're studying um, Dr. King's speeches so each month will be a different speech that we're diving into um, a different topic that he was particularly passionate about and really kind of reclaiming this prophetic leader um, who's been whitewashed whose history has been whitewashed whose um, radical nature has been sanitized and actually digging into the the meat of what he was about so I'm excited about that that's great that's awesome yeah that's so frustrating MLK to rolls around now everybody becomes Everyone, okay, experts, qu- everyone so. wants to quote everyone. King, but nobody wants to be King. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, or even follow King. I mean, that's the same thing about Jesus. Though. Yeah, yeah. So people actually tend to say stuff that Jesus didn't say. <laughs> <Right>? so, <laughs> truly, yeah. I never said that. As I'm wearing my Truly I Never Said That shirt. Yeah. Which you can buy on Etsy from oh, Bourbon and... I think I want one, though, with Jesus with an afro. Yeah. Oh, or like, yeah, we need to create. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, oh, that's this is awesome. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up a little bit, but um, uh, I got a final thoughts, questions for these two. 
I'm looking up I the podcast. I don't remember the name. <laughs> the scrambling. Um, so I'm ask, asking you final thoughts. What are you listening to, reading, and or watching? And deep, not deep, whatever. I'm gonna, I'll start. I'm listening to the last couple of weeks. Um, I just tried not to pay attention to a lot of all the politics that are going on. And so I found this podcast called The Office Ladies. Oh. And and it's Jenna Fisher and Angela I can't remember last name, Kinsey. And they're rewatching each episode. Oh my god. And they are freaking hysterical because so Jenna Fisher is basically Pam. Like oh, wow. she's a classically trained actress, so she she's very and then Angela came out of improv, so it's totally not the Angela character in wow. the office. And so they're going so I'm rewatching the office and then listening to the the they get backstory and all this stuff, which is fascinating. They're really funny, and it's total escapism, and I love it. Love it. So I that's what I, that's one of the things I'm listening to. What are you all listening to? So okay, so um, I listen to tons of podcasts, and um, I'm big on the BBC World Service. Um, yep. <laughs> yes. So serious. Like get like kind of like getting that's actually like. That's one of the first things I listen to in the morning, so I know it's actually <laughs> happening in the world and not just the United States. Mm-hmm. And so BBC World Service actually has something called the Documentary Podcast. Oh. And mm. the most recent one that just came out yesterday, so I started listening to it. I was like, huh? So I came back. I was in South Africa at the end of 2019, and a lot of the world um, has been explained in a black and white dichotomy. Mm. And like, but where where do the Asians yep. show up? Mm. Uh, and also because South Asians in the history of South Africa, you know, that's a lot. Mm. And so the most recent podcast for the documentary podcast is Blasian Love. Oh, uh, is between black and uh, South Asian. South Africa. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and oh, kind of like all the I, dynamics. I love documentary podcast things. I oh. just can, just. I, I used to be a big true crime person too, mm-hmm. and then it's, there's a point of my, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's like a lot. Was, it was a lot, but that's interesting. Okay, what are you listening to, Rosella? So I also listen to podcasts and music. I mean, I'm a huge music lover, so I will often be found listening to anything on Title. Um, that's the platform that I choose. And right now, India Irie has a Songversation album that it's a few years old, but I listen to it almost daily. Huh. Um, and it's just so affirming and just places me in a space of gratitude, which is really important for me. Um, and then in terms of podcasts, the ones that I'm listening to the most right now are Throughline. I love oh, yes. Throughline. Oh, yeah. Love Throughline. Um, and just following that, like, the no, historical. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. And then Mind Valley, the Mind Valley podcast, because oh, I'm all about, like, coaching, wellness, and mindset shifts not shit but shifts mm-hmm. so yeah i also and, oh, yeah. listen to my dad wrote a porno oh you know what i learned about that podcast from a colleague like a couple months ago I, the best part was how she said that just now yeah she almost said it apologetically she did. you all could not see the way that she like did it with I'm a little say smile porno on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm what's saying, it about i don't um, even i mean it's funny so the podcast my dad wrote a porno is that uh, it's three friends who get together and one of them has, has discovered that his father has written erotic fiction and they get together and he reads it out loud and the two friends like give commentary on like what's going on and I'm really ex- so my husband introduced me to this podcast <laughs> this is what he listens to while he sews it's the best sentence ever I mean this is what he listens to while he, he sews. sews let that sink in <laughs> listeners <laughs> And they do live radio shows, so oh, we're actually yeah. going to the live show. Oh, you are diving deep. On it's... so like so, I got him that for our wedding. So for our wedding anniversary, he got us tickets to Hamilton, and then I got us tickets to the live this show. This is also a very bougie table. Let's just be real honest about uh, what's going on. Absolutely, it's absolutely yes. We embrace the both and at all times. The times. <laughs> both things can be I'm true. Budget bougie. Okay? A budget bougie. <laughs> yeah, but she's an enabler. <laughs> Favorite song in Hamilton? Oh, it's Quiet Uptown or oh. Satisfied. Those are it. The Hamilton mixtape is Quiet Uptown. Yeah, the, on the mixtape, Quiet Uptown. Oh. Is, uh, okay, yes. so I'm oh. really bad with song names, so let me look on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I just Pop I culture just right here. Things. How long does that take me? Point two seconds. I have a whole playlist on Spotify that's singable musicals and TV oh. shows, and that and that's all I listen. And then I listen to my daughter's Morning Smiles. 
Yeah. Um, she's away at college, just one way to college, so I, I listen to it and get a little weepy every time I listen to it. Cause Aww. It reminds me of Abby. Um, all right, so what do you, uh, we'll get some more from Tina. <laughs> she's she's literally searching. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, okay, this is, this is just me, but, like, I actually really like the 10 dual commandments. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, a, yeah, that's I a good mean, one. There's, you can't really go wrong with no. choosing anything out of, we just saw it in San Francisco for $40 for what? obstructed view seats, which are just third row on the sides and you can just not see this 40 bucks to our whole family so i saw hamilton in london <laughs> tori's palace with a dear friend named nadia <laughs> and it was i felt brilliantly subversive to be two americans sitting in a british audience watching hamilton is, and is, it was seems, yeah it How's was, that go over? It was I mean, awesome. I mean, they, it was I'm awesome. I'm sure they love it, right? It was, I mean, it was packed, too. Yeah. And this was just last August, you know? So it was still packed. But yeah, bougie table. Next, what's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you reading? Mm, that's uh, a good one. Well, I'm currently in the middle of Inglorious Empire, What the British Did to India by Shashi Thurur. Mm. Mm. So super happy read. <laughs> um, I want to throw the book across the room. So it's comedy. Oh yeah, it's a light, totally, it's a, totally a lighthearted, a lighthearted uh, that I want to throw across the room every seven minutes. Mm. Mm. Um, so uh, part of yeah, so I was in South Africa, and then from South Africa I went to India um, and visited family in India. But like India isn't a really like shitty mm. political place right oh, now because yeah. like all my homes are burning. Um, and so thinking about like, wow, a lot of this is kind of like one of the pendulum swings of empire and what the British left behind mm. and how yep. the British just everybody. Oh shit, I swore again. Um, yes, she did. You did. And no, but I mean, it was appropriate. Yeah. Like we, we were dialed in. We're like, okay. Yeah. And so like <laughs> how the British just, Poor Tahina. we're so sorry. How the British just fucked India over Yeah. and like. Just yeah. left India and Pakistan and Bangladesh in like in the worst shape possible, so they could not actually like you know rise up in power and be like, hey, hey, British Empire, you suck. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you're reading right now. That is what I'm reading right now. Lighthearted comedy. Yes. Russell, what are you reading? I'm reading at any given time three or four things. Yeah, are you one of those? <laughs> yeah, I am one of those. <laughs> So I'm reading The Art of Possibility, uh, mm. Benjamin Zander and Rosamund Zander. Uh, and if you have never seen Benjamin Zander's TED Talk, The Power of Classical Music yeah. or The Transformative I just Power, watched it today, actually. Wasn't it good? It was good. Yeah. So it's funny. It's, he's amazing. Yeah. So that's a good one. And then I actually finally, because it was sold out for so long and I was late, got the New York Times Magazine oh. 1619 project. So. I, my name's still on the list. I, it, did you? How did oh. you get it? Well, they got they sent an email when it was available. Oh. So then I, I went on and bought three copies because I wanted to get my own oh, family. Oh, maybe I missed. Yeah, so I bought and I got that. So it's oh, in yeah. my bag now. And then I'm also, uh, I just started How to Be an Anti-Racist, <laughs> Dr. Ibram X. Yep. Kindy. So that's what that's I'm awesome. reading right now. <laughs> cool. Um, so I'm re I'm rereading a book because our, our church is doing... Uh, a new book group called Intersectional Reads, mm. and so we're reading Carlos Bulosan's America's in the Heart, which is, oh, a, um, and it was really funny, a couple Sundays ago, I said, so who's read this? And I knew nobody had, but my wife did. She raised her hand. She was oh, the only wow. one, and the whole place laughed. Yay. It was great. <laughs> and then somebody showed up this past Sunday who actually read it. I was like, oh, look at you. Um, but I might, the book that you just mentioned, I, that might be a really good one for this church. That kind Yeah, because they're an intellectual. Because we're expanding oh. beyond what they would normally read and they'll read that kind of stuff and when we're actually doing how to be an anti-racist for our Lenten uh, small group study okay. so I'm rereading that one as well which is that's weird. I don't really read for fun I've I've, I've started a bunch of books mm. that were supposed to be my read for fun and I just haven't I, I, I need to work on that more my read for fun is historical romance novels set in Victorian England, which again, with, it's a problem because... Are they like really bad covers? What yes. is read for fun? I thought reading is fun. Yeah, no, but like read and not think, which is fun for you. But like, if I just want to read she and She just think. asked me, what is read for fun? <laughs> because reading is fun. No, it reading is. Reading is fundamental. Therefore, oh, reading is fun. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, she did. She, she did. said that. This, this is, I, I was not a big reader in school. I was, so, I mean, yeah, a I, huge reader. I was, yeah. So, um, books were my friends. Yes. 
And it's like, I mean, granted, like, I had told one of my friends, it's like, you know, you could go anywhere in a book. It's like, yeah, except to your friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I That's, went away. <laughs> we, had, we had a teacher one time tell us about our oldest child that you, know, you never want to tell a kid not to read. Oh, right. yes. But she totally used books to separate and control her environment. I mean, it was, t- and she's like, we got to figure out, we don't want to shame her for reading, but at yes. the same time, we got to figure out how she took it. I mean, like, that was me. There's a larger yeah. world, like, you know, how do we, anyway. Yes. All right, so what are you watching? Movies, TV, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so anything. TV, well, I just, obviously, watched Cheer. That was incredible. Changed my life. Um, and I'm also watching, so I watched Patriot Act. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, 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 so good. I watch Homecoming King once a week, just because, yeah. It's so true, though. Oh, my God. It changes everything. Like, it just, it's, again, interesting, and I think he's just brilliant with the comedic timing, with the deep dive on a topic, and it's all within less than 30 minutes, and it's entertaining, Um, so I would highly recommend that. And then, Tuhina and I just watched Mm. Parasite. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, turn it off now. Uh, well, I won't spoil anything. Okay. I'll no. just say it was breathtakingly all the things. Mm. Um, beautifully. So is it, I don't even, is it, it's suspenseful and scary? Or is it? So I would say it's suspenseful. <laughs> okay. But not in a horror movie kind right, of Right, right. But no, it's, I would it's, say it's a drama okay. with some comedy. This is who we just said It's a satire. It's a, well, it is a satire. I mean, it's, this is not helpful. No, we just, we just basically put it in every. No, it's an I, action. Shoot him up, bang bang. No, no but this is. I think like it's a Michael Bay. So one of the things I really loved about Parasite is that you couldn't actually like put, put it, it in, in a box. You couldn't like oh, distinctly man. classify it. Because at right. different times in the movie, it's it was different it things. felt different. Like it was a different genre, even though there was a through line. Yeah. That was satire and commentary yeah. on. Hmm. So like I, yeah. yeah, Parasite was brilliant. Okay. I I, I really I enjoyed it. And... Um, and I just I, I felt like I needed to smoke a cigarette after it was done because I was like, oh my god. That's a whole other genre <laughs> in like... my mind. <laughs> and I did watch on the plane here. I finally watched The Farewell, which was another oh, yeah. Yeah. for me. I'm behind on my movies. And I got my good. DVD from the library. <laughs> Tahina is one of the people that single-handedly keeps the American Public Library system. You and my wife. Yeah. Libraries are amazing oh, balls, y'all. She's figured out how to download all the books onto her Kindle from the library. Oh my God! Yeah. yeah. So like electronic books from the library. And then we share a Kindle thing, and she reads that stuff that you read. So I open up my Kindle, and there's like nine covers of these like these historical. It's like these guys like. <laughs> I'm like oh my I wish God. you could see Bruce who just did like. The, the, Imitation of the cover. <laughs> I don't have the flowing locks. And... Oh my god! I open it up and I just laugh every time. It's like, okay, honey. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm watching. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. What am I watching? So I was. I, because I will do anything for my children. Mm-hmm. I did watch the um, High School Musical, the musical series on <sighs> Disney. Now, you can justify. It. So the the lead character is Filipino. Which is kind okay. of a cool representation. Like it yeah. was, uh, and so they're Real all people. they're very in, engaged with with her, and so that was, and it's it's just cheesy. Um, <laughs> so and then we of course then we had to watch the Mandalorian, and that was excellent. But the movie we just saw was Just Mercy, oh. which I am part of my angst with the Oscars is about that. Mm. They got nothing. There was no nominations. Michael B. Jordan. Where he needs to have been nominated multiple times mm. for things. But and I think he was, the Academy was wondering, but where are the white people in this film? But sometimes, though, that they will actually look at Phil, like it, but it, I don't know what happened where they didn't get pushed into the. I don't know. But anyway. Do, you really, do we really not know? Well, we do, but. Okay. Like this, I, I thought this it could be one of those. This was not a white savior movie. Mm-hmm. This was not a movie that was light on its commentary about. Like, yeah, but I think sometimes don't the Oscars sometimes will grab onto that as a as a. No, a, it didn't glorify. What, so if it know. if it involves okay, okay, people it's of fine. color, if it involves people of color empowering one another, um, that doesn't include a white savior complex, um, and I think it's just kind of the academy. If you look at like the people who are in the academy and who can vote in the academy, 
because it's like right. I think it is just um, it's just whiteness. Yeah. Well, it, we were just it, talking it, about a couple of our family members about Moonlight and like the difference between why Moonlight kind of got more play than just Mercy did or some of the other. Well, and Moonlight, even though Moonlight was excellent, it yeah. still played on yep. yeah, a yeah, lot exactly. of tropes or it played right. on a lot of things that are like right multiple things are true yeah. that are are seen or are, are, are part of the black right. community and you know just mercy is just it's about a, a man like being empowered and claiming power and going up against the system fine i understand why i didn't get it. well <laughs> and also you know that was also the year that you know La La Land won first. That's true. I can't. I've never right? been. I've never been an Oscars person in general. Well, and Parasite uh, did win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Parasite but, won. Even yeah. in that, Parasite yeah. won, and none of the actors like that movie was stunningly acted. Oh, it and, was excellent. None of the actors. And none and of the yeah. actors were nominated for anything. You right. You know what? You right. <laughs> you right. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. Like the actors were incredible. Like the so acting. what did they did they get best picture did, was the director nominated best director best director best, best picture, picture and best, best foreign language best film? foreign language film and best screenplay so again um, was a, um, not adapted best original screenplay no. yeah because anyway. he wrote it too yeah. Yeah, so Just Mercy, if you, have you all seen it? I have not. I read the book and I got Brian Stevenson to autograph it for me and I took a picture of her <laughs> and Brian look at us let's see this is what we do we sit around and we flex <laughs> so I'm so my Brian Stevenson story. I was visiting before the um, before the museum was built and got a personal tour from Brian Stevenson. Oh, what? Before and got to, I mean he's amazing anyway, but it was a, it was a total empty room, oh and we walked he walked with a group of us and just talked about what was going to be in each. It was. That's incredible. Stunning. Oh my God, have you been back after I have not that? been back since. We're going to try to go this summer. You know, I feel like we but... need to do a trip. I want to go. I want to go. Right. So like, I'm going yeah. by myself, but like, I want to go with like my people. Yeah, yeah. we need to figure that out. And he'd yeah. do stuff with you. I mean, he's, he, if he's in town, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, um, if you ha you need to go see it, because it, it is, no, I, I there's actually a moment just, where I bought the tickets today. audibly mm. weeping in the theater. I mean, it is so powerfully done. And oh, the weeping, not the music. The, yes, yes, both of them. But go both. see both. Okay. And you probably will be audibly weeping. Knowing yeah. who you are, the movie yeah. and the movie. And the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Awesome. You all are awesome. All right. Thank you all for hanging out. BRC and Friends was produced, written, recorded, and edited by Bruce Reyes Chow with zero help from his dog, Vespa. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to BRC and Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow, like, tag, and share on all the platforms via BRC, A N D F R I E N D S. Thanks for listening to BRC and Friends. All around the world, poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org slash chosen.